Turn to somebody and say, this is an awesome weekend. Long weekend. Some of you got holidays, time off. That's good. And we're so thrilled to be here with you uh, in this number four of the series, Known and Loved by God. I think I've said it right, right? And uh, this morning we're going to be talking on the subject, the theme of life-giving words in relationships. Our words have a huge impact on our relationships. Job said, how powerful are right words. Words are powerful agents that God has given us to impact our lives and our world in a powerful way. I don't have this in my notes, but I felt as I was coming to the stand here this morning that um, the words where Paul spoke to Timothy said, war a good warfare by the prophecies that have gone over you. Prophecies are a word from God. And Paul said to Timothy, do war with those words. The enemy's going to try to come against you and stop you, but pull up those prophecies because those prophecies or those words are very powerful. And over the years, I uh, often did that in my own life. As I was uh, ordained to the ministry in 1970, that's a long time ago, to, 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 to turn to somebody and say, that guy's an old guy. <laughs> there was a word that came uh, from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, be strong and very courageous because God is with you in your life. And every place that the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you. And, and, and I did warfare with that, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of times in, in my lifetime of ministry, saying, God, this was your word to me, and I repeat it, and I say it, and I believe it, and I believe it will have an impact, and every enemy shall be under my feet. Hallelujah. Therefore, I think we, we need to see the power of words, the power of right words, how forcible are right words. We want to use the right words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18.21 tells us. And the Bible also says that a gentle tongue has healing power in Proverbs 15, verse 24. Many people do not realize what they are thinking and speaking have a pro profound impact on how life goes for them and for others in their world. In other words, how you think and how you speak impacts your family, your friends, your workplace, and your world. Your health and your well-being and their well-being and your wealth and their wealth have a lot to do with what is spoken. Some people just have this kind of mouth that's always speaking defeat. Even into, the, into their business life or financial life, they're speaking defeat. God doesn't want us doing that. He wants us to take right words and use right words to war a good warfare in our lives. See, the, uh, uh, the or maybe I better put it this way, an atmosphere is created by our words. 
this morning there's an atmosphere that has been created here because words have already been spoken and songs have already been sung which have words in them and an atmosphere was created here that was inviting to the lord but it was also faith building in our hearts and it has already had an effect on how we're thinking it's changing our minds renewing our minds to the will and purposes of god everything in your life is affected by the words that you speak i believe life words are god's best words death words equal the devil's worst when we say things like i hate you or you always or you never or i'm out of here or forget it i want nothing to do with you name calling all that kind of thing we need to put those kind of words away and never speak them turn to somebody and say i'm never going to speak negative words to other people Boy, that was quiet. <laughs> uh, that must have been really serious. <laughs> you see, I believe that God has planned that we have life-giving words in our speech. Life means hope and reconciliation. Death means hopelessness and alienation, and we don't need that in our, in our world. Last week, Pastor Shar referred to Numbers chapter 11, where the spies went and they were spying out the land. And there were 10 who came back with, the Bible says, evil reports. You could say that they came back with evil words, words that were contrary to what God would have to say. They said there are giants there and, you know, there's no hope for us and uh, there's not a chance we can, we can go in and take the land. But then there were two, Joshua and Caleb, who said, we are well able to overcome. When the first ten spoke the word uh, that, that was so disheartening and so discouraging, the, the, the people wept, they cried when they heard those words because they had traveled so far in their journey and into the promised land, and, and now they're getting words like this that are discouraging us and, and saying that we can't go in. Can you imagine, you know, traveling halfway around the world, almost getting to your des destination, and you're told, oh, you can't go there, and there's no way you can, you can come into this blessing of, that's at the end of your journey. Whereas the, the others said, we are well able. And, but the sad thing in that situation is the negative words, because there was 10 that said it was, that it was all bad, and there was only two that said it was good, uh, the, the 10 won out in that situation uh, at that moment. And, and that's, that's so sad. You see, I don't believe that God operates according to democracy hello he operates according to theocracy that's where god rules and his word is the final authority 
And so in many instances in the Bible, the, the, the great crowds were, were wrong and the few were right. Hello? So that means that, you know, this whole congregation could be wrong, but Pastor JB could be right because he's hearing from God. I'm serious. So you don't, the, the majority does not rule in the kingdom of God. God's will rules in the kingdom of God. And God's word rules in the kingdom of God. And therefore, we want to have right words. And right words are God words. The words that come from God. And so they missed it back there. It, the negative report caused the people to cry. Negativity and positivity in our words are choices. I like a story told by John Maxwell a number of years ago. It tells a story of two salespeople that go, go to an island where nobody wears shoes. And uh, they were supposed to consider how the market might be there for shoes. The one salesperson came back with a report that no one wears shoes on this island, so there's there's no use bothering even trying to sell shoes on that island because nobody wears shoes. The other person said, nobody wears shoes on this island. Everybody needs shoes. Therefore, this is the greatest marketplace for selling shoes. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, I want to be like that second guy. Yeah, we can, we can be positive and see through situations and see possibilities. We need to be possibility thinkers and possibility speakers. See, true faith is linked with a good confession mingled with hope. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, tells us this is, this is how we are, we are actually saved. If you're here this morning and... You don't know about your future. You don't know what's going to happen to you after you die. You have no assurance of eternal life. This is for you. Because the Bible says this, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. In other words, if you will speak with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and you will believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. It's all it takes. Just, just a confession of Jesus Christ as Lord, as Savior, as the one who went to the cross, paid, paid the price for your sin. If you will make that confession, the Bible says you will be saved. You see, how powerful are right words. The right words are, Jesus Christ, I confess that you are my Savior. I thank you that you will take away all my sin, and you will give me an entrance into heaven, and I put my faith and my trust in you. I mean, all you have to do is say those words, confess and believe in your heart, and the Bible says you will be saved. That's good news. Turn to somebody and say, that's good news. So there, it's, a, it's confirmed that life and death are in the power of the tongue. James chapter 3. The Bible says that the, the tongue is like, this, like a small bit in the horse, horse's mouth. 
just a little metal piece there in the horse's mouth and you can with that little bit this this animal that weighs a couple thousand pounds you can just a, a child can take that the reins that are attached to that bit and they can turn a horse it might surprise you to know that when i was growing up i rode a horse to school <laughs> i was the only one who had a horse in that school and it was a country school and i rode horse every morning two miles and uh, i had a bit in the horse's mouth so i knew how that worked <laughs> my horse's name cases you some of you are curious what was the name of your horse larky was the name of my horse <laughs> and larky loved me and i tell you larky could run and she got me to school in no, no time, especially when uh, airplanes would fly, fly over where I was riding and they broke the sound barrier. Then she really went because she heard that. <laughs> but uh, uh, just a, a little bit, it's just a little metal piece like this will turn a horse wherever you want it to go. And another illustration in this is it's like the, a rudder on the ship. A rudder on the ship is very small compared to the ship. And it turns the ship. And the Bible says that words can change the course of nature just like the bit can change the course or the direction of a horse and the rudder can change the direction of a ship. Big things happen when words are spoken you see when we pray we are actually saying important things that are on the heart of god hopefully it's from the heart of god that we are praying and when we pray the course of nature the course of life the course of nations changes i was just in ottawa and we were meeting with government officials. We met with senators, MPs, ambassadors, and different people uh, in Ottawa. And one of the thrilling things of meeting a number of the, us who are Christians among us is that there's a tremendous amount of prayer going on for Canada right now, all over Canada. There is a house of prayer in, in Ottawa, which some of you may know of. Um, and there is just prayer movements happening everywhere. Our, um, our chaplain uh, to the Victoria legislature is uh, arranging and asking uh, for prayer to be released all across Canada from, from British Columbia. Also, Central Canada and Eastern Canada, there's all kinds of prayer movements that are going on that are very, very powerful and will be powerful and will affect this election. Prayer will affect this election. I believe that. And uh, because why? How powerful our right words when we pray in the spirit with the heart of god in the will of god those are right words 
when we get the Word of God applied to our praying, those are right words. And the Bible says how forcible are right words. And you might say, you know, the prayer thing is just such a small little thing. Hey, small things turn a ship. Small things take charge of a horse's direction and changes the direction of a big horse because of the bit in that mouth. You see, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and when we speak words, we do powerful, powerful things. We can do all things because Christ did all things. Jesus said, greater things than these shall you do because I go to my Father. And I believe he was speaking in part of the words that we can release and the things that we can do when we move in the will of God with our words. When it comes to um, our families, I want to I get into this for just a few moments. Uh, in our families, I think it's important that we release right words. That we release encouragement in the family. You know, in, in, in the home or in a marriage, one partner might be down or depressed a bit. But I believe God has put two of us together in marriage so that we can each encourage each other with good words. Can you say amen? Even children can get discouraged, especially if they're not affirmed and encouraged. They can get discouraged with school. They can get discouraged with friends. They might even get discouraged with us as parents at times, maybe not understanding. Because, you know, even children could come into a type of warfare. I don't think the enemy says, you know, you're, you're just six years old and I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to touch you. I believe that even children are under warfare at times and parents need to discern if a child is facing a type of spiritual warfare. It's not just for people who are 80 and over, you know, that you get into warfare. So we need to discern these things. And so I believe as, as parents, God can, can, through us, bring a word in season to those who are weary. Your wife might be weary. Husband might be weary. Ladies, you can encourage your husband. He's out there fighting, you know, in his workplace, in competition, all these kinds of things. And some of you ladies work in that world as well. You know, God can put a word in our heart, not just in church, but in the home where we live in our everyday day life. God can give us a word to lift your partner out of weariness or lift your child out of weariness maybe they're struggling in school and god wants to give us the tongue of the learned to do this can you say amen i just want to talk a little bit about our speech the bible tells us in colossians chapter 4 verse 6 that we are to let our speech be always with grace You know, grace in the New Testament has this meaning. It's the divine influence on the heart that has a reflection in our life. 
And so when we're under grace and we're moving in grace, there's a, a divine influence that is there. And, and the Bible tells us that we should let our speech always be with grace. Let the divine influence, let, let the influence of God, let the influence of the Holy Spirit be operating in our lives to bring a word in season to those who are weary. And let our speech always be with grace. Seasoned with salt. Now, what does that mean? Salt is healing and antiseptic. And so we want to speak those words that are, that are healing, not those words that are wounding. How many of us know that, that we can speak wounding words? Words are, are very powerful either way and we can wound people with our words i believe god wants to partner with us for edification or for building up people's lives in first corinthians chapter 14 verse 26 we are we are told that we are to do everything to edify or to build up people when we come to church we should be praying, God, how can I help build somebody's life? How can I encourage somebody? How can I strengthen somebody? And, and, and that's the rule for church. Everything is done to edify. So the songs are done to build. Uh, the, the greeters greet you at the door so that immediately you walk in and you feel com something coming from, your, from their hand to your hand that is building. And when you greet one another, you're building up each other in, in faith. There's a positive touch. And so in the church, but in all of life, we should seek to do everything that will build up or edify. You see... We are called to build with words. Amazing when you think of it. It's like these are, these are, these are, or not these, words are awesome tools for us to build people's lives with. Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, speaking of Abraham, it says that, he was encouraged by God to speak of those things that, are, that were not as though they were. Now, that sounds like a complicated statement, but it's actually quite simple. There are certain things that we want to see happen that are not, and we speak words into that situation to make it change so that it will be. And so what is not... You, may, you might say your, your child has a struggle in school and they're not doing good in education, but we will speak words into their life that will change them so they will, they will do well in education. We speak of those things that are not as though they were. We want to see things that do not exist, that should exist, begin to exist as we speak the right words. And so we decree things. Job said, you will decree a thing and it will happen. Speaking of those things that are not as though they were. There are a lot of things in our world, maybe in your family, that are not as good as they should be. Husbands, you may say, my wife is not a very good housekeeper. 
I've been, this probably doesn't apply to anybody in this situation, but I'll use it as an illustration. <laughs> yeah, well, how do you change that? Speak of those things that are not as though they were. My wife is going to be a great housekeeper. She is becoming a great housekeeper. As a matter of fact, she is amazing, but she's not. Somebody say, but she's not. Oh, yes, she is becoming a great housekeeper. <laughs> my, my wife is not an encourager, or my husband is not an encourager. These are things that are not. They are not this. But I'm going to speak those things as speak those things that I want to see happen as though they were. Or your, your child might be introverted and you want to bring them out of where they are at in their life and, you know, locked into their own little world and you say, God, I know that this child is this way, but I'm going to speak something different. My, my child's going to come out of that shell and they're going to be different, and they're going to be outgoing, and they're going to be better. As a matter of fact, they're going to be unusual. But you say, that sounds crazy. They are not like that now. That's where we speak those things that are not as though they were. Let me give you a story. Our own son. Uh, he couldn't carry a tune in a basket when he was young. Couldn't sing. And... <laughs> And uh, we, we got him into guitar lessons and a number of things like that. And, and uh, I, I, I got a vision from God for him that he would be a worship leader. That seemed so ridiculous. Like I said, he, he couldn't sing. And, and <laughs> it was like he was dead to that. <laughs> but I said, God, you've given the vision that he's going he's gonna to do this. When, he's, when, we, when he became... 15 years of age, he started leading worship in our large congregation. And he was a worship leader for many, many, many years. And strong, very strong. Great voice, great musician. What did we do? I said, he's not this way now, but God, you've given, him the vi given me the vision that he's going to do this. And we're going to speak of those things that are not as though they were. <laughs> now, what do you need to speak that is not as though it were? That's in your family. Maybe your workplace. You say, I got the most lousy workplace in the world to go to. I mean, it is, it is so bad. I, I don't want to go... You know what? You can speak of those things that are not and say, we're going to make it like this. God, we believe, and we're going to speak a word into this situation, that I have good friends at my employment. These are, these are, these are good people, and they're, and they're coming forth, and there will be change. And you speak of those things that are not as though they were. You might have a financial situation. Why don't you try speaking to it? I know we've got to work in order to make money. I, I, I realize that. But at, at the same time, sometimes there are things that are, that are bound up in the spirit realm that need to be released, and they will be released by words. Prayer words that are positive words. Pray for the one that you're having struggle with, maybe in a relationship, 
in the workplace and trust God to, to change it. Trust God to change it. So that the, those things that we speak of, those things that are not as though they were. Not long ago, let me tell you a little story. I had been speaking to a situation because an area in our lives, in our ministry, had been locked up. Had been locked up financially. And, um, I mean, it wasn't like we weren't getting by, but it was, it was like we needed, in order to help the people we needed to help and do the things we needed to do, we needed some change. And we needed a miracle. And I spoke to God about this, and I began decreeing that there would be a change. Long story short, I received the largest gift I had ever received in the history of our ministry just a few weeks ago. God came through. We spoke the will of God, and the will of God was released. It was not for some selfish reason that we spoke that. It was because of the cause and because of what had to be done that we spoke that and it came into existence. Your words create your world. What about your health? You know, some people are always saying, oh, it's flu season, I'm going to get the flu. I say, what is that? Why would you ever say that? I say, it's flu season, I'm not getting the flu. <laughs> some of you are thinking, I'm really crazy. Well, I am crazy in faith, and I'm crazy to believe, I'm crazy enough to believe that God wants to do great things in, in our lives. Most of you know that my, or a lot of you know that my wife and I just don't bother getting sick. Someone said, re- responded one day when somebody asked him, how are you doing? And... Uh, He said, well, considering the circumstances and being under the circumstances, I'm not doing too bad. And he said, what are you doing under there? Under the circumstances. As some of you know, we travel around the world and because of the demands on us, um, I, I have to speak certain things into existence because... I would never survive. We were in the Philippines not that long ago and then over to India not that long ago and those are long flights and the way things get arranged when we land midnight or two o'clock in the morning I'm up and at it early in the morning start preaching and I just have to go for it. And you know my, my testimony to you is this that I get up that morning, I'm energized, I'm strong, and I can preach for days, and I don't suffer with jet lag because I confess that's what I need. I need that grace, and God gives it to me, and I say, I'm not getting jet lag. There's no way. I don't have time for that. I got to keep going. You see, your world 
Your words can change the world that you are living in, even in small ways. You see, we are saved by faith words. And we, we, are, we are saved by faith words, and we shall be saved by faith words. Life-giving words, so important. Jesus said, say to the mountain, be removed. Don't pray to your mountain when people are praying to their mountain. The Bible says, say to your mountain, say to this mountain, be removed. And it will be removed. Life-giving words are couched in his will. As we are in his will, we can release the, the will of his word. Life-giving words are pure words from a cleansed mouth. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. The Bible says, put off all wrath, malice, blasphemy, anger, and filthy communications. All of that is not a part of our life. Why? Because it will bring us down and it will bring a curse into our life. We want blessing in our life. Can you say Amen. The life-giving words come from cleansed lips as God touches our lips like he did the lips of Isaiah. That's where David said, Psalm 141, he says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O God. We want life-giving words. We want the law of kindness to be in our mouth. Those are life-giving words. Life-giving words should be spoken to ourselves and to others. Remember when David got hit and everything got destroyed? The Bible says David encouraged himself and the Lord his God. He fed word into his life to build his life because he knew the power of words. Life-giving words are prophetic regarding the future of others and yourself. So speak the word of God and life-giving words over your spouse, your children, your workplace, your business, your marriage, your church, your nation. Oh, we need to believe and speak good things for Canada. Canada's a great nation. Speak life-giving words over your politicians. I Just a night ago, I sent just a... Uh, an encouraging word to one of our politicians. I, I said to this lady, I said, you are our hero. I just wanted to encourage. That was a life-giving word. I believe God put it in my heart to send that. You see, I've seen churches built, but I've also seen churches destroyed just by words. Just a rumor will go. It'll disturb and disrupt the church but this church will be built by words. I declare that. Say that with me. This church will be built by good words. Hallelujah. And so we want to pray and petition God. We want to say and we want to obey. I've got to wind this up. There are a few scriptural confessions that I wanted us to read as I concluded this message this morning. Let's, let's read them together. Evil words destroy one's friends. Wise discernment rescues the godly. It is foolish to little in a neighbor, a person with good sense remains silent. 
Your own soul is nourished where you are kind, but you destroy yourself when you are cruel. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but hard words stir up anger. Gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. A person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are refreshing as a bubbling brook. Words satisfy the soul as food satisfies the stomach. The right words on a person's lips brings satisfaction. Wise speech is rarer and more valuable than gold and rubies. Telling lies about others is as harmful as wounding them with it. Is that it? There it is. Let's stand together. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you, you've never made the confession of Jesus and say, Jesus, I confess that you are Lord and I receive you into my life. For the sake of anybody that's in this congregation this morning has never made that confession, I'm going to ask all of us to repeat these words. Dear Lord Jesus, you are king and you are Lord. You died on the cross that I might be freed from sin. You rose again for my justification. I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. I confess there is salvation in no other other than Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.